This is a Podcast 225 production. The issues. What's going on now? What's happening in the state? The people. Carl Dabity. We've got Michael Shingleton. Taylor Moore. Jay Darden. Congressman Garrett Gray. Richard Condon. He is Ryan Clark. Sharon Weston Broom. The podcast. And we're going to talk about that. This is the Clay Young Show. Up, up, and away we go with episode 213 of the Clay Young Show. Recorded live in the studios of podcast225.com, right inside of God's country. What's going on, y'all? Glad to be back here with another great edition, another great guests. Football season is finally here. And I know lots of people out there have lots of things to say about football season, but if you are one of those people who have problems with the NFL or watching football, then you should probably stop this podcast right now. But if you love the game that has become America's pastime, you're in the right place as we've got a guest today who is a former college and pro football player who is a business person and an all-around good guy. Our guest on episode 213 of The Clay Young Show is Eric Alexander. Played at LSU, played for a couple teams in the NFL, and is currently in television here regionally right now for LSU. Can't wait to talk with him. We met some months back. Ended up having a great conversation, ironically, kind of as it goes with the show we had last week with Sean Williams over a cigar and kind of came to the realization that we view lots of things the same way. And obviously with his experiences, having been a pro ball player and played playing at that level that uh, he's got something to share. And so we're going to have a chance to talk with him. Wow. Great feedback from uh, our interview with Sean Williams last week, episode 212. Lots of people enjoyed his perspective on business and on life, and obviously many people commented on the life he gets to live now. But I think the thing that stood out the most was the fact that he didn't just get there overnight, that he had to really work to get to that place. And I think that that's special when you think about where he is right now, and I can appreciate his story. So if you haven't listened to episode 212, go back and check it out, Sean Williams straight from New Orleans, Louisiana, who now works with possibly the most iconic brand in premium cigars, Cohiba. It's a good listen, so check it out. And I think this will be a good listen, talking with Eric, Eric rather Alexander about what's coming up with the season ahead in the NFL and in college football, of course, as we have done this one, has recorded this one, The first full week of college football has been done, and LSU came out throwing the ball around, looking actually like a team with some offense. And my beloved Jaguars came up short, but, you know, season is still young. And obviously the NFL is about to kick off here. As I sit here and record this with you right now, there's a game tonight between the Bears and the Packers. See how that goes. And we'll get Eric's thoughts on who he thinks the Super Bowl teams are going to be, and we'll ask him about who he thinks will make it into the NFL college playoff. That should be fun. So Eric Alexander is indeed on deck. Podcasts have become a great way to get radio on demand. 
If you've wanted your own podcast, the time to call us is now. This year, Podcast 225 will be launching new shows and yours can be one of them. You won't have to build your own website and you'll be able to use professional broadcast equipment that will make your show sound amazing. If you'd like to know more, call 225-214-1550. That's 225-214-1550. Be a part of the on-demand audio movement today. This is Jeff LaDuff, retired chief of police for the city of Baton Rouge. I'm Kelly LaDuff, co-owner of Open Eyes Safety Training and Consulting. Open Eyes is focused on providing quality safety solutions that give businesses and employees the skill set needed to recognize and react to dangerous situations. On a daily basis, we hear yet another story of workplace violence or active shooter. Open Eyes offers a unique approach to keeping you and your businesses safe through site analysis, technology recommendations, policy review, and employee training. To set up a consultation for your business, call us today at 225-313-9713 or visit us at our website at OpenEyesSafetyTraining.com. We say keep open eyes because 10% of our population cause 90% of our problems. See them before they see you. This is The Clay Young Show. Back with Eric Alexander, former linebacker at LSU. Played in the NFL for the Browns, the Jaguars, and the Patriots. He's an entrepreneur now, also an insurance professional, and a member of the LSU Game Day Live crew. What's going on, E? What's up, Mr. Young? How you doing? <laughs> Man, I'm doing really, really well. You've been keeping busy. Got to let everybody in on, on how we met. We, were, um, we both happened to be at Churchill's here in Baton Rouge. One night earlier this year, I was in there with, with a couple of buddies, one, one of them being Todd Graves. And, uh, and you and I ended up sitting and talking for a long time. And it was actually one of the better conversations I had that night and kind of talked about your playing career, a little bit about that and work ethic and some of the teammates you had had. So let's start at the beginning. You played linebacker at LSU. Kind of what led you to, led you to football? Was it just physical attributes or just wanting to be in the game? Well, I mean, what got me to LSU was just a, an opportunity to uh, basically have my, my college, my schooling paid for, to be honest with you. I mean, yeah, of course, I love the game. I, I uh, was fortunate enough, blessed enough to be able to play on a, on a high level and, and, and get a, you know, a scholarship. But uh, my main motivation was just to not have the burden of, of having to pay, pay for college. You know, it's interesting. I just had a conversation with some friends about this, and I'll, I'll come back to that. Well, I'll just ask you now. We were talking about this debate about uh, whether or not college athletes ought to be paid. And my position, just to, to say on the front end, and, and you may agree or disagree with this, is I don't know that I think that's a good idea because I think it, it can open Pandora's box because the questions, as a business guy, the questions become – who gets to choose what the payment amount is? And is it a standard amount or on a scale because a football program at LSU may be able to afford something that some small school in Mississippi or in some other part of Louisiana cannot afford and that the education for the athlete is paid for, which is in a lot of ways, depending on the university, a hell of a lot of money. Where do you stand on that? Well, I definitely see both sides of, of the argument. And I, and I do believe you're absolutely right. I mean, if, if student athletes were to be paid, how, who delegates that? Who's, who's going to delegate how much they get paid or 
the beer school is going to have to uh, provide money to make it fair for the smaller schools to be able to pay their players the same amount that you know the bigger schools can can play players. So I mean, it, it, it's a lot of different facets that would even you know go into to making that a, a reality. Um, but you know, I, I I can also see it from. Uh, from a player's standpoint as well, especially when these universities are, I mean, essentially using your likeness, selling the your jersey right. number in the in the stores and making right. uh, making a lot of money off off of the student athlete. So I, I, I could see where it, it may need to be examined and looked at a little closely. Um, but I, you know, I but I, I tend to lean towards. Um, towards not paying him and, and, and your pay as a scholarship athlete, it it it, and it is it, it is a job. You put in a lot of hours uh, during the course of your four years uh, or three years that you're that you're at the school. You do put in a lot of hours, and it does at times seem like a job. But uh, when you factor in um, the cost of housing, uh, you factor in the cost of, of, of a meal plan or, or feeding you. You, fa- you factor in um, you factor in the, the cost of tuition. I mean, I, I think uh, I think it it can be argued that it's, it's a it's a a fair exchange. Well, and you know, one you you brought up a great point, and in our conversation a couple of nights ago, I was saying, you know, I'm I'm for loosening restrictions to where an Eric Alexander who plays linebacker at LSU, if if a car dealership or a restaurant wants to have you come out for some kind of special pregame day earlier in the week or, or come to a dealership to be there as kind of a celebrity guest and they want to give you something, some compens- compensation to be there, I, I don't have a problem with, with the NCAA letting you do that. Why wouldn't they let you do it, especially when your likeness is in a video game or on jerseys or in or in college you know apparel stores yeah i i, I mean that's a great point uh but then <laughs> but then i mean I, like it just it just opens up so much more because okay if uh, the starting quarterback has those opportunities but uh the third string quarterback doesn't have those opportunities. So where is his opportunities? Are going to, where, where is that that person's opportunities are going to come and make some money? You, you know? see, and see, that's why once you open this up, man, it's going to be a mess. You think you know? We spent what what felt like ten years with ESPN beating us over the head about Ezekiel Elliott and his contract. And uh, if you do something like this, it's going to be even worse. Oh yeah, I totally agree. <laughs> so you know, we we when we met some months ago, we kind of talked about football. What are some of the life lessons? Because sports is really it's it's a meritocracy, and you put hard work in, and you strive to get something, and often you can get that return on investment. Not every time, but often you can. What are some of the life lessons you learned from playing at a major university, and then of course getting to the highest level, of the NFL? Um. I think one of the more important lessons that I learned, and I learned it from from Nick Saban, is something that he preaches. Is something that uh, translates well over into real life. Is that just like a game, uh, you're going to at some point in in a game, no matter who you're playing, you're going to encounter some type of adversity. So you need to know that going in. In life, things are not always going to go your way. 
but you have to fight through those moments and expect those moments, prepare for those moments, prepare to to know that things aren't going aren't going to go exactly as planned, and and then you you I think you are better prepared to deal with it at that moment and, and persevere through those tough times. Um, I mean. And, and 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 it teaches you a lot about you know preparation. I mean, you have to uh, be prepared for you know for your uh, you know your opponent on any given weekend. You have to you have to prepare and plan uh, for life as well. I mean, you have to you have to think ahead. You just can't think of you know uh, uh, you know tomorrow or or what you're doing today. You need to think further down the line. I mean, I think I think uh, what gets uh, a lot of you know, athletes in trouble. They they're too nearsighted. They don't they don't think ahead. They don't think about the future. They don't think about the what ifs, and then they find themselves in in trouble. You know, uh, several years down the road. So uh, I, I think those are the most two. Like you're going the most two important things that I've learned. Like you're going to face adversity at some point in your life. Uh, and you're going to have to deal with it, and you need to be able to prepare for it as well. How did growing up in Tyler shape the person that that you are and the man you became? Yeah, well, actually, um, I, I know on my, I think on every profile that you probably researched, it says, uh, you know, I'm from Tyler. I, I was born in Tyler, is a true statement, but I actually grew up in the Houston area. And, and actually, even even going a little bit further, I went to middle school and high school before coming to LSU in Port Arthur, Texas, which That's is right. Uh, right on the uh, Texas-Louisiana border, That's Golden right. Triangle. Um, you know, you know I, I think... Um, we didn't, you know, growing up, we didn't have, I didn't have much. Uh, I mean, you know, I had, I had both parents that worked, both parents that had a college degrees, but we, we, we definitely weren't, uh, weren't killing it, you know, financially. Um, but growing up in a, in a, in a, in a town like Port Arthur, which is, um, you know, we had three high schools, you know, I went to a smaller of, the three high schools, I, you know, I was able to, um, you know, play, you know, multiple sports, uh, played basketball, baseball, ran track, you know, along with football. So I, I you know, so it just helped me, uh, and I, you know, I was always the leader, uh, of the school because it was so, so small. I graduated with 79 people, but I was and also a leader, you know, in, in, uh, in athletics as well. So I think it prepared me for, taking on the leadership role when uh, when I made it here to college. You know, it, one of the things that that I think you see obviously having played at LSU and getting to the NFL is the other side of being an athlete and that is the the mental side, the business side, the brand side. Do you think universities do a good enough job both talking young men and women through what will happen if they don't make it to the next level and, and the importance of getting that degree. And then on the pro level, what happens when you are certainly are suddenly making so much more money, but the experience and that discipline to achieve it isn't there, if that makes any sense. Yeah. I mean, I can tell you, I can only really speak for, you know, when I was in, when I was in school, which was the early two thousands, um, you know, obviously it, it was talked about LSU had just opened up their uh, academic center for student athletes. So, yeah, I mean, um, I, I think it, it, it was stressed, you know, 
fairly well that you know you're you are you are a student athlete first so student becoming coming before athlete and your your main goal here is to um is to, to get a degree um i think more of that needs to happen i think more uh foresight more fo- a, a better focus on finance and all these things uh, they need to start happening. These conversations need to start happening well before I think a student athlete steps foot on a college campus. I think we need to start having these conversations with uh, with young folk, especially uh, people of color, yep. uh, at an earlier age. Yep. Um, uh, because. It, because at some point, no matter if you have a million dollars in a bank or $10,000 in a bank, you need to know how to manage it. You need to know how to save. You need to know how to invest. And I think it's going to take a conscious uh, effort on, um, on you know, certain groups. Uh, I, I would say the NFL could, could definitely um, start the initiative because they definitely have the resources to do that, Absolutely. to go to middle schools and start talking to yep. uh, football programs, not even football programs, just athletic programs in general, yep. uh, start talking to these young men a little bit earlier. And I think it would go a long way uh, to to kind of changing uh, changing you know the the stereotypical athlete that you know uh, squanders all his money two years you know when he's done. After he's retired, after he's retired, you know, I was watching a, a video some time ago where Warren Sapp was being interviewed, and the interviewer asked Warren, "You know, you got all these guys in a locker room who are all businesses and they're millionaires, and why isn't there more discussion about investments and you know and and what you can do with your money?" And Warren looked at him and he said, "Well, who's going to lead that conversation?" He said, I couldn't lead it coming from where he came from in Florida. He didn't have the knowledge or the experience with investing and all of those things. So who's going to do that? And I think sometimes people, I I don't think they take for granted the fact that so many, especially African-American males in the NFL, don't come from a background where conversations about investments or commerce or savings or long-term plans are even had. Is that fair? Oh, that's, I, I totally agree with that. You're right. I mean, and, and it, it just stems from, you know, from ignorance, generational ignorance. You know, our my my, my parents didn't teach me anything about investing or, or saving, and I'm pretty sure that their their parents didn't teach them. So, right. I mean, it, it's a, it's just a cycle um, that that it's going to take some time. It's going to take a conscious effort on uh, on people's parts to to get out there and spread that knowledge and. And uh, and to get more people in the know on the on these on these things, you know, it's it's it. I just again the the dialogue, and so I spend a lot of time volunteering here, and and, and around the region with inner city communities, and specifically with some of these young men who are laser guided missiles, and the laser doesn't work, but the missile does, and 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 I sometimes am frustrated because I don't think people get that a lot of these boys don't think they have options, Eric. I mean, they, they make these choices because they think these are the only choices they can make because the positive influencers 
aren't in their ear saying, hey, son, you could do it a different way. But that's where sports can come in and give these kids a vehicle or at least a belief system that lets them know they can get out of a bad situation. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it, it, it's, um, it, it goes back to, you know, to when you asked me the questions about, you know, what lessons have, have I learned through through the game of, of football and, and athletics. I mean, um, sports can definitely be a vehicle for teaching uh, teaching young people how to how to live. I mean, uh, because you know, in sports, just like in life, you have goals, right? You have goals, you see them, uh, and then you have to take um, you have to take steps to be able to reach those goals, and those steps have to be calculated. They you just can't say, oh, I'm gonna I'm just go, you know, uh, randomly go do this, and that's gonna help me reach my goal. No, you have to uh, specifically think about what it's going to take for me to to reach what I aspire to do, what I aspire to be one day. Um, and, 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 and sports can put, play a great, great role uh, in doing that and helping people achieve their goals. What is something about current day sports, both on the college level and the pro level, that frustrates you? Hmm. <clears throat> uh, I'd I probably have to say that you know, and, and it kind of just ties into what we've what we've been talking about. I'm not sure if, if universities and and uh, sports from professional level are doing enough to educate uh, people on um, on how to deal with uh, with, with their finances. Uh, I, I think we could take a, a consorted effort to start. A little bit earlier, just like we we have, just like the NFL has with their uh, play play sixty initiative, where mm-hmm. they're going back to middle schools, elementary schools, and encouraging kids to exercise for you know sixty minutes a day. Why can't we do that and have a business course for sixty minutes a day yeah. on that level? Yeah, um, I, I and and. It, and I think they have enough resources to where they could easily implement uh, that initiative into into schools. I mean, we, I mean, the, the kids that are in elementary school and 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 um, and, and middle school, we got to realize that they're you know they're the future mayors, they're the future leaders of our community. So why would we not want to do that? It's only going to make uh, you know this world a, a, a better place in the in the long run, right? So you know I don't know how we get that conversation started, or you know I don't, but I I know it needs to happen. You spent some time, obviously, in New England. Your first four or five seasons in the league under Coach Belichick, who is known he has a great reputation for wanting excellence and you see the track record of the Patriots since he has been there what are some of the attributes that you can talk about that you saw on a regular basis from him that are applicable to other areas of life well I I think that when he evaluated the the players on his team you know not everybody is going to be uh a Tom Brady. Not sure. everybody's going to be Randy Moss. Right. Uh, he he looked at 
every single player, and he saw value in each player. It was his job, and what he did so well was to maximize that talent, maximize that value in, in every player. Not, it didn't matter if you were the lowest guy on the totem pole or the highest guy on the totem pole. I think he felt like if you were going to be a part of his team, you fit you fit in with the chemistry of the team as a whole. It was his job to to get everything he could out of you, and and, and that's why you know he can he wins. You know the Patriots win championships with with people we don't we've never heard of before you right. can do that because they work well as a team one and they uh and 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 he gets you know maximum value from from those players um he also taught us to you know every time we stepped into the building it was put the team first that was right when we walked into our in our uh, the Patriots training facility. That was the first little sign we saw on the wall. Put the team first. So that meant that whatever was going on with your day, whatever was happening at home, you have to put all that behind you for that set amount of time that you're in that building because winning was important. Not to say that, you know, if you have issues that, you know, you couldn't talk about those things or but he just, he didn't want those issues affecting how you prepared each week. Um, so put the team first was was definitely high on his list, and also, um, and, and it's much harder to do now is ignore. And we've heard it before: ignore the noise, which which meant just you know it doesn't matter what all these people are saying or what they predict or what they project or. It, all that matters is what you do today. So, you know, cherish every moment, take care of the business at hand, and, and, and don't waste time. So, uh, I mean, it, 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 I, could, I could go on with, with, <laughs> with, uh, with, with Belichick-isms, but, I mean, those are just some of, the, some of the things that really stuck home with me. Well, not to be redundant, but I can ask you the almost same question for Nick Saban. I mean, you were on the his actually his first BCS championship team at LSU that 03 season and the game in in 04, I believe. Uh, same same thing about him because he he seems maniacal. Like, you know, Belichick is kind of monotone about it. Coach Saban just seems like he will put barbecue sauce on your face and eat it in front of people. So, you know, <laughs> so what about him? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, you know, um, you know, Bill and, and, and Nick, you know, they, they, they coach together. At, you know, they cross paths in the NFL, uh, you know, at, at some, some time. So, you know, both defensive-minded coaches. So they, they have some – they have very, very similar traits. The only difference is one coaches – you know, grown men and the other ones coaching eighteen-year-old kids just right. out of high school. Right. Um, but I think uh, what what Nick Saban brings to the table is is uh, trusting the process. And I know we've heard that before, but yeah. it's, it's a true statement. If if it, it's if you come in every day, you work hard. Um, and you do what is expected of you um, that's been proven to work, trust the formula, you know, good results are are bound to happen. I, I think when he first came to LSU, I want to say that um, in the 99 season, 
was the year before the year before he got there. LSU went uh, three and nine that that year, and I think the first thing he did when he helped, stepped on campus uh, the spring of two thousand was he needed to know who he could trust, who was going to buy in to what he was trying to do. He was trying to create a culture of of winning no matter what. Um, and, and everybody wasn't going to buy in. And people who buy, who didn't want to buy in, I can tell you, they didn't stay at LSU very long. <laughs> and so it, it took it, 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 it took having uh, people that uh, he, he was going to trust and that the team was going to trust too. So I think the first thing he did was find those leaders who were going to lead and and uh, lead the team, and then get them to buy into what he was trying to do. So, uh, but from a from a from a coaching standpoint, I mean, like I said, Bill and Bill and Nick are are, are saying very detail detailed oriented, you know, things that you know, little things that we we the common person would find insignificant as far as trying to win a, a football game. Mm-hmm. They 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 thought were huge. They, they could find those little, uh, those little things that, you know, most people would, would say are insignificant and say, Hey, if we do this and we do this, well, we got a good chance of winning this game. And they would both come up, come out, come up with those things. You'd be like, wow, that's amazing. And, uh, so that, I think that's what makes them, makes them great coaches, very detail oriented. Is it accurate that you were in that champion college championship game in Oh four. And then the next February with the Patriots were in the Super Bowl in Jacksonville. That is accurate. Yeah. Won a Man. national championship. <laughs> and then, and then the next year won a Super Bowl. So there really, is, there's not a whole lot of places to go up from that, man. Uh, <laughs> That's that's incredible just to, to even to see that and, and you know, get into this because I want to talk a little bit about what you're doing now. But before that, to get some of the football stuff out of the way, obviously coming into this season. And as I said in the open, you're on the LSU game day live crew. This game against Georgia Southern was unlike anything I've seen in a little while, because I do believe that the forward pass was executed in the LSU game a little bit last Saturday. What do you think about Burrow flinging it around like that? Well, what, what surprises me is um, they actually did what they said they were going to do, right? They, they said they've been working on this, and we've heard it before in the past. So, you know, we've changed the offense. We've, you know, we're we're revamping offense. We're going to be spread. We're going to throw the ball, sling the ball around. But then they, you, but then when the season starts, when they actually play games, you know, it's back to that, just hand the ball off to the running back, let them run through the teeth of the defense. This week, this year, well, apparently, so especially uh, if we're if we're looking at that first game, they actually are throwing the ball, and they did what they said they they were going to do. And I think that the addition of uh, of, of Joe Brady as a passing coordinator. Uh, really uh, helped them to transform this offense into what we saw last Saturday. I mean, it doesn't look like an offense from 1951, and I think that that's a that's a big part of it. So going, you know, Texas is on Saturday night, and so the test begins early. I think I, I don't consider 
I, I consider it more of an upset if Texas beats LSU than the other way around. But as you look at look ahead, because you know I'm going to ask you that Alabama question. I know it's crazy. I know it's not till way down the road. But do you think with this kind of offense and the chance to build it as the season goes on, gives LSU a, a better chance at Alabama in Tuscaloosa in a few months? Oh, absolutely. I mean, not just at Alabama. I, I mean, I think if we could continue to improve on and, and progress in, in this offense, I mean, I, I, I have, uh, you know, national championship aspirations or, or at least getting to the, to the playoffs um, because it's, you, you got to realize it's something that we haven't seen here in a long time. I mean, you know, when I'm pretty sure that every time, uh, you know, especially in, in, in recent years, the last eight, eight years, I think, that's what the, the the losing streak is right now for Alabama LSU. Uh, the offense has been so vanilla that Nick hadn't hadn't probably worried at all about stopping LSU offensively. Right. They just needed to score points. So I think this year um, they definitely have a chance to to be able to to put points up, and 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 that's been that's been a problem in the in the in the last few uh, meetings. We we haven't been able to score any points, so. I, I, I think what they're doing uh, with, with Joe as far as uh, getting the ball out of his hands, I mean, it's really helping the offensive line because when you look back at that game last year, that's you know that's the first thing that Coach O said after the game. We got beat up front. But if, if, if you can run plays, run an offense that kind of uh, gets the ball quickly out of, out of Burrow's hands, it kind of – Helps the offensive line because they don't—they're not protecting a, a, as long, and and uh, and it only can—they uh, can only spell good things for for the offense. I was on the sidelines for that game last year, and that offensive line, they beat the hell out of that offensive line. And you could see it up front, and it was just that was the reason because the defensive line for LSU and the defense held their own. That was the first game that Tua played into the fourth quarter. Now, you know, unfortunately, we didn't score any points, but but you're right. That was the case up front, and it's interesting. So talking about other teams now, looking at Alabama – with Tua now having the job and and Jalen Hurt being off to Oklahoma now and, you know, Clemson's got their young quarterback and, man, it's it's shaping up to be a very interesting season. Who do you think is the real power in college football right now? And and then who are the challengers? I mean, it, it, it's so early that it, 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 it's really, really hard to, to, to say, but, I mean, just you know, going off how last year ended, I mean, you you have to say that Clemson is 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 still the favorite, still number one, um, and 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 Alabama is is not too far behind them. Now, after those two, um, you know, there's you know we it, you know several teams get put you know in in this in this next group of teams. Uh, I really like Oklahoma. I yeah. mean. Yeah. Um, you know, I know, I know they played Houston, uh, this past weekend, but, but Jalen Hurts was, was incredible. Man. I mean, to be, to, to be in Oklahoma for, I don't know how long he was there. Not very long. And, yeah. Not very yeah, long and, to look that good. And learn that offense and, and, uh, and, and he, he looked really good. I mean, he really scares me from a, from a defensive player standpoint. When you got a, a guy who, who you have to defend both the, 
you know, you have to defend both the run and the pass with, that that's just a um that's hard to do. That's hard to do and, and he and he can really hurt you. Uh he can really hurt you with his legs. Um I you know, I, I after after uh Alabama, I mean I, I, I like I like like I said, we just talked about our chance. I I, I like LSU. I like yep. LSU with his offense. Yep. And and not and and I, I you know, Coach O, you know, he said he wanted to be balanced. Uh and 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 last Saturday he threw thirty nine passes and they ran the ball thirty three times. I mean that's yep. that's pretty balanced. I pretty mean balanced. like I said um, it, you, it just it just keeps defenses on their heels. Yep. And but but what I but you know what we aren't really talking about because we're so amazed with what the offense has done. We got a really good defense. Man. We got some guys. We got some guys on the defense uh, uh, defense side of the ball that can that can really play. Uh, <clears throat> you know, obviously we got Grant Delpit. Everybody knows about him and what he could do. Yep. Uh, Caleb on Chase Long. We got a group of linebackers that. Can run a, run all over the field and are smart and can tackle. So, I, I you know I, I, our defense is gonna is gonna win us some games. But and they're they're really good. I think I think they may um, well not for long. They're I think they may be kind of just overshadowed right now by what the offense has done. But 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 they're gonna be good. And I think we're gonna see we're gonna see how good they are. Uh, this weekend. Well, and you talk about the top 10, and obviously Clemson and Alabama, they're no-brainers. Uh, I do buy LSU initially because the defense is always going to give the team a chance, and with a better offense, now you're really talking about something special. Oklahoma has been really good the last couple of years, and with Jalen Hurts' legs and now what he can possibly do with his arm, it, it, that is great. But I'm going to tell you, Ohio State, Michigan, Notre Dame, ah, not really buying it, man. Tell me why I'm wrong about that. <laughs> uh, well, you know, I, I watched a little bit of that of that Notre Dame uh, Louisville game. I just, um, I, I, they're young. They're young on defense. Um, you know, Louisville, if not for you know some some key turnovers, they're they're still in that game. You know, right. it, it, I, I think. They might have lost by eight, you know, or Notre Dame won by eighteen. But that they didn't really have that game in, in right. hand until late. Right. Um, and you know, I, it, it's hard to it's hard to you know in Ohio State they got a you know new quarterback there. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I can't remember who they played. Somebody, you know, some I don't even know who they played this past weekend. So I'm, they, I'm not they sure play, if, they played uh, Florida Atlantic. Yeah, I'm not sure if 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 once you know, I'm not sure if that's gonna be able to hold up, you know, against a top tier uh, opponent. And and Michigan's just down. I mean, I, I you know, I, they they haven't done anything since you know they haven't really. I mean, yeah, they you know they win eight you know eight nine games right. a year, but yep. you know when you when you think of Michigan, you think of the big house, you think you know uh, they're they're in it. You know, supposed to be in it every year, but mm-hmm. you know, Harbaugh just hadn't really brought them across that. You know, brought them to that promised land yet since he's been there, and, and he's you know pumped them up so much, but you know, still hadn't done it, still hadn't beat Ohio State since he's been there. Well, and, so, and I think, I mean, and everybody is saying he'll probably get it this year because Urban has moved on. But I would imagine as a competitor, that doesn't taste as sweet to beat them without Urban Meyer. 
<laughs> you know, it's like if I want to, yeah. I'm sure you, you, you're obviously you play pro ball. So you're, you're a competitive guy. I don't want to, you don't want to beat the little brother. I mean, you want, you want to, you want to get the guy. So anyway, let, let's move on to the, to the, to the pros. Now. Oh, before I do that, if right now, as we stand as deep as we are one week into the season, uh, if you had to pick the top four teams, who would they be? Uh, Clemson, Alabama, Oklahoma, and Ohio State. Oh, wow. I thought you were going to say LSU, man. <laughs> no, I mean, I, hey. I, I, Ohio I, I State over LSU? I got to see more. I, I, oh, I got to see more. That, 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 that'll, hopefully that will change after this weekend. I don't know, y'all. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to have a sidebar with Eric about that. Don't worry about it. <laughs> so, so let's talk about the NFL. Obviously, the the bell cow for the last nearly 20 years has been. Well, really, 20 years has been New England as a perennial Super Bowl uh, contender. You know all about it, having been with them and won a championship with them. Going into this season, in my opinion, I think almost everything else is up in the air. I don't know that you know any real thing about anybody with maybe the exception of the Saints and the possibility of the Cowboys why, why is that assessment wrong um I you know I don't I don't think it's wrong at all I mean I I think the the, the Super Bowl champion is, is 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 you know is up for grabs this year you know uh I you know there's there's been a lot of you know um change and a lot of people in in new places and and so you know every year is different you never know what's 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 going to happen uh from from year to year people coming back from injuries people still hurt from last year um but you know obviously you still have you still have those mainstays you know like new england you 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 know that um, the Saints are, are, are primed and ready to, to to go on a run. You are, you know Seattle they'll they'll be good. The Chargers will be good um, a, a, again this year. Um, so I mean it's it, this is one of those years that you 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 really don't know. I mean you got you, you know you can't forget about Kansas City and and how and what they did from an offensive standpoint last year with Mahomes. So. Um, I, this year, I, I think it's it's um, the, the championship is really up for grabs, man. Who, who you know, it's going to come come down to you know um, who you know who stays injury free throughout the year. Yep. Um, uh, who you know who's the most healthy is down the stretch, and then once those playoffs come, who who gets hot and who's not. You know, I'm a I'm a 49er fan, Eric, and uh, I'm looking at this season without. Okay, come on, I'll start in on me, man. Let me get the question out first. <laughs> so, so I'm looking at this season, and all I would really like to see is, uh, I, you know, I want to see the team play healthy. I want to I want to get to the playoffs. Obviously, I'm not one of these unrealistic people who said, "Oh, we're gonna win the Super Bowl." I just want to see the team play better on defense, particularly in the secondary, and to see if Garoppolo is really worth the hype. Uh, and I'm again, my feet are on the ground on on stuff like that. I just I want to see it r- realistically. I'm going to ask you that question, and then I have a follow up about the Saints because the the vast majority of people around these parts listening to this are I'm sure who that's. So what what do you think? Come give me a little, throw me a bone about my 49ers, man. Um, you know, <laughs> Clay, now come on, man. I you know. I, <laughs> 
you know, I I, 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 yeah, I think Garoppolo has a chance to be really a really good quarterback um, in this league. Um, from you know the little bit that we saw as as you know him in a in a backup role in New England, um, you know it, it was you know he had a devastating knee injury, injury last year, and yeah. I you know ho- hope he hope he comes back from that and can can stay healthy. Uh, we need the 49ers to be good. You know, we 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 need those um, traditionally, you know, those teams that 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 traditionally have been good. We need them to be good. Like we need Dallas to be good. That just that just helps the that helps the league. That 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 that, um, that just brings out that star power uh, in in a league that's kind of been hit hit hard from a. From a um, parody standpoint, yeah, yeah. From a standpoint of you know concussions and all and all that stuff. So I think it'd be good PR for for those for those teams who have traditionally uh, gone on to win championships and who've won championships in the past to to be to be good again. So I'm 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 hoping they are good. I'm hoping they you know they they do win a few games this year. Uh, I know they have they have a tight end out there that that's good that product of Iowa. Yep, uh, he had a really good year last year, so I I can only see him him getting better, especially with uh, Garoppolo, uh, you know, right. Running the plays there. Listen, I'm gonna I'm gonna quit while I'm ahead on the 49er questions right there. It stayed positive, so I'm gonna move right on down the road. I'll just I'll just uh, ignore the part you said about the Cowboys. So uh, <laughs> so let's talk about the Saints. So here's the thing: I think the the Saints and the Patriots are probably favorites for a Super Bowl, in just my opinion. But having lost a game the way they lost last year with a controversial no call that was obvious, as a competitor and a member of a team, how do you get over that going into the new year where it doesn't dominate your thoughts every time something goes on? Well, I mean, you have to you have to move on. I mean, that's the only way to move forward is is, is to put that put that you know behind you because if you keep looking you know you keep looking behind you looking at you know what happened in the past it's going to be very hard for you to see what's in front of you and what's to come so I mean you know regardless of if the fans put it behind them or not uh as as a player and uh as a team uh you can't think about last year because truth be told I mean that the Saints are you know, besides Drew Brees and a couple other key players, I mean, that's going to be a totally uh, – it's a different team every year. Every right. year the team's, team's different. So um, I, I, I think that, you know and, – and I think Sean Payton will, will do a good job, you know, coaching those guys up to – and he probably already has. I mean, uh, to, to, to get over, get past it, let's move on so we can go ahead and, and, and win us, you know, try to win a Super Bowl this year. And then I'll ask you this before we get to what you're doing now, because I know you gotta, you got to get moving. Um, who do you think going into the season, if you had to say my expectations for the Super Bowl are these two teams, what two teams would they be? For the Super Bowl this year? Yeah. Hmm. <clears throat> okay. From the NFC... Uh, I, I'm going to roll with the Saints from the yep. NFC this year. I, I think, I think third time will be a charm for yep. 
for the Saints this year. I think they'll they'll put it together, um, you know, because they they see the writing on the wall. They they see that you know there it's coming close to you know Drew Brees is in uh, into his run. So I, I think um, I think they're going to want to you know put everything on the line this year and, and try to and try to get there. Um, Representing the AFC, um, although it's hard to it's hard to go against go against the Patriots, especially um, knowing that it could be. I don't I don't even know if it's argued anymore, but th- their road to the Super Bowl uh, has been argued and has been debated. Is 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 easier than most because of the of the division that they play in. Um. I'm not sure if they go to you know can if they beat Kansas City this year in the playoffs if they, if they come if they go head to head so I'm gonna say uh, Kansas City and New Orleans uh, in the Super Bowl this year. It's going to be an interesting season. Uh, so let's talk about what you're doing now, man. I talked about being an entrepreneur and and an insurance professional, and I mean you keep busy, keep a pretty he- heavy schedule. Tell tell us about what you're into now. <clears throat> yeah, man. So my my main job is I, I work as a like you said, insurance professional uh, out of a uh, for a company called Marsh and McLennan Agency. We're here in uh, in Baton Rouge, uh, New Orleans, and also on the North Shore. And basically, what I do, I, I help businesses assess their their risk, uh, and I help them, you know, find products to to kind of uh, mitigate uh, some of that risk. So, so yeah, and that's, that's pretty much all I do. I um, I, I sit down. I, I speak with clients, and and we just kind of go over what their propensity is for risk, and and we try to find products to to help them uh, balance it and, and and keep it to a minimum. Uh, so I've been doing that for about three years. Uh, I've been, uh, as you mentioned when we started the show, a part of the CST Game Day Live crew with Jacob Hester, uh, Gordy Rush, uh, and and. Uh, and Victor Howell, I've been doing this. Uh, this will be my fourth year mm-hmm. on set with them. So we're on um, we're on CS Cox Sports Television every game day from eleven to twelve. Uh, so if you have Cox, please please tune in, check us out. Uh, you know, we we just give in, we just basically give insight on the previous game and and, and also. Uh, what our thoughts are on the game games coming up, and then especially uh, all things LSU. So uh, it's it's an hour show, so it's 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 quick and, and and fast and easy. But it's it'll it'll prepare you for your for your LSU game day experience. Um, I've also been involved in a couple of businesses uh, in the Boston area, uh, in, invested in a restaurant that's that's doing really well up there. So uh, yeah, so I got I got my hands in a, in a bunch of different pots. Um, I, I love uh, volunteering as well. Um, I volunteered as a as a, uh, a reading tutor this past year. I do a lot of things with the uh, NFLPA. Uh, I'm a board member of the NFLPA, a former players chapter in New Orleans. So we're always looking to do more in the community. So uh, yeah, I got my hands, like I said, in a, in a lot of different pots. Just trying trying to stay busy. Just trying to. Uh, uh, you know, just better, better my community. Where can people find you on social media if they want to keep up with with what you're doing and where you are? Yeah, uh, if you want to uh, reach me on on Twitter, uh, you can find me at ea underscore lsu tiger, uh, and that's that's where you can uh, hit me up and 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 see see what I'm doing there. 
And you're, you're on Facebook too, correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm on Facebook as well. Well, man, we're going to have to set up a cigar session coming up here really soon to catch up and, uh, and, and just really talk more. I've enjoyed this. Hopefully it's been fun for you too. Yeah, man. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. I, I know it was just a random, random uh, meetup. You didn't even know me, but, <laughs> no, that's but right. you start, sparked up a conversation, and, and this is what it's led to. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking for doing, looking forward to doing more of that in the future for sure. Yeah, and I think I think for people hearing your perspective on a lot of things is important, and and for so many. You know, seeing someone who's achieved at high levels can be so far away. So when people in communities around you can see that, you, you know, you, you're at least accessible by, say, something like this to someone who has been here and who's gone on to do something great. I do think it's important for people to see and hear that. Yeah, I think so, too, man. Like, uh, I, you know, it's always been a, a goal of mine to uh, it, it, it. It doesn't matter if if i don't if i'm not helping anybody else and helping them try to achieve their goals i mean it, that's it's really not not fulfilling to me i i get more filled up when i'm bringing somebody up with me and i'm and i'm helping others so uh yeah i'm here man hit me up or hit me up on facebook hit me up on twitter i'd love to hear from you and uh and see if we can work together all right, man. I appreciate it. Promote your business or organization on Podcast225.com. Podcast225.com is quickly becoming a weekly tradition for Louisiana listeners. Every month, thousands hear the weekly Clay Young Show. Every week, Clay sits with some of the state's most fascinating and entertaining people. Posting your company's logo on the podcast225.com website or having a professionally produced commercial air on The Clay Young Show is a great way to access a loyal and informed audience. Get more information by calling 225-214-1550. That's 225-214-1550. Executone of Louisiana has been helping businesses in Baton Rouge save money on their telecommunications for the 40 years. Executone will help businesses upgrade their phones and intercom systems, save money, and never have to worry about local customer support doctors offices hospitals schools businesses it doesn't matter all kind have depended on the good people at executone to upgrade technology and save money i have a question for you do you like saving money sure of course you do here's another one do you want to keep the most up-to-date phone and intercom technology while saving money that's what it's all about that's a no-brainer don't get sucked in by out-of-town companies who are not here if you need technical support executone has been here and they believe in a value of customer service, baby. Don't take my word for it. Give them a call, 225-295-3500. That's 295-3500. Oh, look them up. ExecutoneLA.com. Executone of Louisiana. They still here, and they're going to continue to give you great service. This is the Clay Young Show. told you you'd enjoy his perspective. Eric is a really, really bright guy. This was pretty much a surprise that he didn't put LSU in that top four. I didn't see that one coming at all. But it's going to be a good season. Good season for the Tigers, we hope. And we'll see how it ends up when the year is finally done. But uh, he was a good guest. And we'll get him back maybe mid-season to talk with us about how the season is going in college football and how the NFL season is going. I'm pretty intrigued by what's ahead in the NFL. I think it's kind of a toss-up season this year. It's hard to say who's going to be what with the exception of maybe the Patriots, and that's largely because 
They've won six Super Bowls in the last 18 years, having appeared in half the Super Bowls that have been played in the last 18 years. That in itself is just insane. Insane. But thank you for being with us. And Eric gave you all the ways that you can follow him on social media. Uh, you can do the same with me on Twitter at Clay Young BR. On Instagram, Clay underscore Young BR. And obviously on Facebook as well. And listen, if you download the show on the Apple Podcast app in iTunes, leave us a, re- a review there. Leave us a rating there. Hopefully a top star rating because we do good work here at podcast225.com. But the reviews help as we get the word out about the show, and it helps people find us if they're looking for interview-intensive podcasts that talk about myriad topics from sports to politics to clothes to whatever. You know, we, we cover it. If it's interesting, we try to get it done here on the show. Again, thanks, Eric, for being on with us, man. We appreciate it. And thank you for being here for Episode 213 of The Clay Young Show. Thanks for listening. Join us next week for another edition of The Clay Young Show.